Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Go to the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea chapter 12, verse number 13. Say, understanding the power of prophecy in my life. All right, now you're going to stick with me. I'm going to lay foundation tonight. Uh, next Wednesday night, uh, we're also going to move in this tonight. And so tonight will probably be a lot of foundation. And, uh, and then next Wednesday will be manifestation. Say, I need foundation first before manifestation. All right, you can't, you can't understand what you, uh, you can't stand under what you don't understand. So I need to make it clear. Hosea 12, 13, by a prophet, say man of God. Okay, the Lord brought Israel and specifically here, it's not just dealing with the children of Israel. It's dealing with this man whose name was changed to Israel, whose name was Jacob. He uh, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel, say your name, out of your Egypt. Now that means limitations, which means watch this, absent the man of God that had been sent to their life, where would they have been stuck? Egypt. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, he was preserved. Now, now, meaning he got out of limitations by a man of God. Watch this. He stayed out of limitations by a man of God. Say, say I'm coming out of limitations by a man of God, and I'm staying out by a man of God. Father, speak to us tonight over these next few moments that we will move and walk in what you've ordained. Make it clear, make it simple, make it practical. Answer every question tonight so we can get foundation tonight. And once we get foundation, we will then be able to walk in manifestation in the prophetic power you have ordained in your word. I declare that everybody under the sound of my voice that the place in life they are, not only it is the lowest they will ever be, but it will be a marking place in life where they will not return to. They will not return to this doubt. They will not return to fear. They will not return to emotional ups and downs. They will not return to unnecessary drama. They will not return to bad relationships. They will not return to bad people. They will stop attracting Judases. They will stop attracting Jezebels. They will stop attracting Gomers. They'll stop attracting liars. But we declare that their banner year, watch this, it ain't supposed to start for three days, but we get a kickstart tonight. 
We get a kickstart tonight. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can be sitting in the presence of the Lord. We've been in this message series called The Misrepresentation of Jesus to get the facts about Jesus and even dive into some taboo topics to see the real Jesus so we can see the real us. And tonight's message is the bridge to get us in our next series, Blueprints for a Blanner Year. And it's going to be the bridge that gets us into the new calendar year, 2017. Now, because you're taught well, you know that the spiritual year changed at what? The Feast of Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets. Say the spiritual year already changed. Uh-huh. Say it's 57. 77. Uh-huh. Say five is grace. Seven is completion. Uh-huh. Say everything in life I failed at completing before is happening in 2017. All right. Now, 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 now. Great things are going to, listen to me, great things are going to happen for you so fast that you do not have time to waste. So I got to shift you and I got to shift you quickly and that's going to happen by virtue of prophecy. Say, I'm being shifted quickly by virtue of prophecy. All right, now, so tonight I want to lay some foundation about prophecy. Number one, uh, we're going to define prophecy to unlock its power. We're going to define prophecy to unlock its power. Prophecy is what's declared or spoken by someone gifted prophetically. A prophet, then, is one that foretells. That means makes known, and he foretells. That means he declares an outcome. Say, foretell. That means somebody needs to know there's something that's happening in heaven that God wants to get it to the earth, but God always uses a conduit and that conduit is the prophet or the man of God to then express what's happening in heaven, but to express it in the earth. That is to foretell, to make it known, say it needs to be known. Which means if you live in the dark and you come to harvest and never says you don't just come to harvest, you are harvest. If you live in the dark, it's because you don't listen. Touch your neighbor, say start listening. All right, then to foretell, which means to declare an outcome. Our God is a God that does not start at Genesis and move to Revelation. He does not start at Alpha and move to Omega, quite the contrary. He starts at Omega and moves back to Alpha. He starts at Revelation and moves back to Genesis. He starts at your end and then moves back to your beginning, which is why you experience the phenomena sometimes called deja vu. Anybody ever experienced that? Deja vu now is thought to believe by the uh, Hebrew rabbis. It is thought to be believed when your spiritual experience intersects with your natural experience as an indication you're right on schedule. Watch this because why Bishop? Because God started at Omega and walked back to Alpha but you're walking from Alpha to Omega. See you're walking from beginning to end but God started from end to beginning. When those two times intersect which they occasionally do that's why you'll have the sensation like I feel like I've been here before. Your body hasn't been there but your spirit has been there because your God walked you through that before you ever got here. Now watch this. Uh, Say a prophet. All right, to foretell, that's to make known, and to foretell, that's to declare an outcome of God's will, and watch this, God's mind for a particular situation. So, to make known and to declare the outcome of God's will and God's mind for a particular situation. Here's what you need to know. God's will is not done all the time. Okay, Bishop, how do you know that? Because God himself, Jesus, the anthropos, the God man, so much God, you can't believe his man, so much man, you can't believe his God. He prayed that his will would be done on earth as it was in heaven, which means, watch this, he didn't have to pray if it was already being done. He only had to pray because it wasn't being done, and it wasn't being done, not because he wasn't declaring it, but because the people were not receiving what was being declared. Uh, the people were not walking in what was being declared and so God says I need my will to be done and but for people to do it I need to declare it and I do that through prophecy you still here now the accompanying of prophecy are normally two manifestational gifts say manifestational gifts 
uh, of the spirit that are called a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. First Corinthians 12, seven, I'm going to go very quickly because I got to get you a foundation and then we're going to move in this. Say prophecy. prophecy. All right. So that is to forth tale and to foretell. Say forth tale and to foretell. Okay. So forth means to make it known. Foretell means to declare the outcome, which means watch this. You don't have to live by trial and error when you have a man of God. When you have a man of God, and, and listen, and I need you to hear me, because you remember saying, uh, Bishop, that's pretentious. No, it's Bible. And that's the problem, is, is that you don't know Bible. You just know something you saw on Facebook. You just know something that some little crazy person on your job who don't go to church, won't submit to nobody, and they sending out devotions. They're all kind of out of order. They don't know what the hell they're talking about, and you need to get into the Word and see what God's Word says about it, rather than sitting up talking to some know-nothing know-it-all. I told you, there is no filter. Touch your neighbor and say, there is no filter. All right, why is it? You sitting up listening to folk ain't got no fruit about how to get some fruit. Ain't got no results about how to get some results. And that's why you keep crashing your car. You're taking driving directions from folk that can't drive. But you, you have a man of God, which means you don't have to live by trial and error. When you come up in here, God says, I'm going to foretell and I'm going to foretell what's on my mind. Watch this. First Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation, that word manifestation is this Greek word called phaneurosis. My note takers, P-H-A-N-E-R-O-S-I-S. Phaneurosis. It means flash. Say a flash. Flash light. Okay, it's a flash. First Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation or the flashes of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now, I'm going to just stop right there because it lists some other gifts, uh, but I'm going to stop right there now. A word of knowledge is supernatural knowledge that I would have no way of knowing except God revealed it, okay? So word of knowledge is uh, your sister's uh, name is Stacy, all right? Now I don't know you. I don't know your sister. I ain't never met you, okay? And you'd be like, God, no, okay. It's a word of knowledge, and God says, I'm doing that to flash. I just want you to see I'm there. Got it? Now, a word of wisdom says uh, your sister is Stacy, and tomorrow y'all are supposed to have lunch at four. Okay? Okay? So, word of knowledge is divine knowledge. There'd be no way of knowing except the Lord revealed it. A word of wisdom is about something that is to come that would have no way of knowing except the Lord was to reveal it. Do you understand? Now, verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another, what's that word? prophecy to another the discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of the tongues now i taught on all of these in this uh series called gifts that's why i'm not going into them in death tonight go get the series look at verse 11 but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills now say manifestation that is to flash it's to manifest or to make visible what has been hidden or unknown it's been what hidden or unknown it means to manifest whether by words or deeds or in any other way these gifts manifest at the discretion of the holy spirit now when we say that it is not that god just picks one doesn't pick one he responds to atmospheres okay so he responds come on talk to me he responds to atmospheres now, here's what's significant. Have you ever wondered why if you were to just go into church and, you know, for example, if I was to lay hands on people and people would be what's called slain in the spirit. That is now when God does internal surgery and so he takes them out for a little bit while he's doing something internal with them. It is not a gimmick. It is not a game. It is something very spiritual that I've taught on before. Don't have time to teach on it tonight. Have you ever wondered, though, why that doesn't just happen at the grocery store? 
Here's why. There's no atmosphere that is conducive to him flashing himself. There is no atmosphere that is conducive to him moving. Why? Because these are gifts. You don't give gifts to the ungrateful. I don't know about you, but I would have a problem. Watch this. If I gave you something that was a value and then I found out you gave something that I gave you that was a value to somebody that was ungrateful, I'd have a problem with it. So God says, these are things that I give where there is a grateful atmosphere and an atmosphere where there is gratitude, which means atmosphere is everything, which means he'll flash wherever there is a desire, wherever there is an atmosphere that is conducive. Touch your neighbor and say, make an atmosphere. See, that's what prayer, praise, and worship is all about. It is about creating an atmosphere where God says, I see some grateful people down there, so let me flash some gifts. In essence, watch this. Watch this. It's sort of like this. It's sort of like, y'all remember the show Cribs? The Cribs show Cribs used to come on MTV. Now, I told you I need you to move with me tonight. Don't play games with me tonight. Touch anybody. Say, don't play with Bishop tonight. Okay, watch this. No, no, no. Just I ain't got time for you to play with me. I got 15 minutes. All right? I don't have time for you to play with me. Watch this. In the show Cribs, you remember uh, the camera would kind of come up real dramatic, and the camera would come up, and then whoever's house it was, whether it was a, a music star or some movie star or whatever, and then they'd open their door, and they'd be real flashy about showing you all their stuff. Why? Because somebody was watching that wanted to see. Watch this. When you praise and you pray and you worship, when we do that corporately in church, what we are doing, and even when you do it in your home, what you're doing is creating an atmosphere where God says there's some grateful people who want to see me do something. Which means he doesn't just manifest everywhere. He manifests where there's some people that want to see him do something. See, Gideon said, I've heard about all the great things that you can do. I've been told about all the great things that you can do, but I want to see it manifest for myself. I tell you to just half up your neighbor and say, I want to see him do something. I don't know about you, but if he's king of kings and lord of lords, I want to see that. If he can work healing, I want to see that. If he can work miracles, I want to see that. But we got to create an atmosphere of gratefulness to... Are you still here? Now, 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 now watch this. So we have to define prophecy to unlock its power. I want to make sure that you get this. Prophecy, I'm going to say everything I just said. I'm going to say it a second time so that you get it because I need to manifest it. We need to walk in this manifestation. It's what's declared or spoken by someone gifted prophetically. Now, everybody's not gifted that way. In fact, most, what I says, all them folk, them parking lot prophets you know on your job, and them folk be trying to pull you to the corner out in the vestibule, they are illegal and out of order. So just so we can get that straight real quick, all right? Somebody, some, watch this. If somebody, if somebody ever calls you and says, I just got a word from the Lord from you, you need to say you're out of order. And here's, and here's why you, how you know they're out of order. Because the scripture says in Corinthians that the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Which means, watch this, because you're sitting under a man of God, God doesn't have to use a side party to get a word to you. He don't need to use, uh, he don't need to use a jack leg when you got the real deal. Jack leg is a fake, a phony, somebody that's going around parading as if there's something that they have nothing to show for what they say they are. See, watch this. Bishop, how, how can you say this? Because my fruit speaks for itself. All right? Which takes us to the second point. Uh, I, I need you to say this. Say, my bishop is gifted as an apostle. All right, now, I told you I got to get into some deep stuff, and I got to get there real quick, and we got to move quickly. Now, while I am your pastor, I am gifted apostolically, which in my case means I'm gifted with all of the fivefold ministry giftings. Ephesians 3.5 says this, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, but it has now been revealed by the Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets. Now, leave the verse up. It says that there are some things that nobody knew that God decided to reveal, and what two giftings did he decide to reveal that to? 
Apostles, talk to me. What two gifts? And what? What two gifts? And what? Talk to me. What two gifts? And? Now, apostles here, and just so you know, it is not apostle. That means your country and don't know how to pronounce it. It's apostle. Say apostle. Now, that comes from the Greek word apostello, which means one that is sent for a specific mission. Okay? The gifting of the apostle is designed to build foundations. The gifting of the apostle is one that can take nothing and turn it into something. That's the gift, very simply. Now, then the prophets. Say the prophets. Now, these two gifts, the Bible says that God uses these gifts to reveal things that have not been known in other ages, which is the reason why when you come here, you hear stuff you've never heard. I wish I had somebody here. Some of y'all been going to church. You and Jesus went to school together and you came up in here. And after two experiences, you're like, God, I didn't even know that. I thought cleanliness was next to godliness. I thought that was in the Bible the whole time. This ain't no old timey religion. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't backwood baptist nothing against baptist uh, but but there's you you have a gift that's gifted to reveal things that have been hidden say that's revelation ephesians 3 5 which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men that is humans but as it now has been revealed say reveal now the word uh, revealed here and when we look at the book of revelation it comes from the greek word uh, apocalypto where we get our word apocalypse which doesn't mean the end it just means the unveiling or the uncovering look at this it says which in other ages was not made known to men but it has now been uncovered by the spirit to who his holy apostles and prophets now my gift is that of the apostle now stick with me you still here all right, now, Jeremiah 23, 4. I'm going to get you this. Uh, this is God speaking. Say, God said this. He said, I will set up shepherds or pastors over you. Now, uh, before we get there, I actually want you to go back to Ephesians 4 and 11. Ephesians 4 and 11, so I can connect this for you real good. Say, I'm getting foundation. Come on, Ephesians 4, 11. And he himself gave some to be, say it with me. Now, put your thumb up when you do this. And if your neighbor doesn't do it, hit him. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Now, because this is the five-fold ministry gift. Apostle is the foundation. You can never get a hold of anything without your thumb. Your whole life you'll be struggling to get a hold of anything without a thumb. Which is why God sent you to a place where there's a thumb. Now, put your pointer finger out. It's okay. You can point at me. It's okay. I promise. I won't take it offensively. Today. And some prophets. Okay? Now, when you do with the prophet, it's the finger that's pointing. It's identifying. It's foretelling and foretelling. And one of the key pieces to this gift is this gift is bold and unapologetic. This gift could care less how you feel about what it has to say. Third, put out your uh, long finger, evangelist. Now, the gift of evangelist, oh, I says, uh, there, there is no such thing. I got to say this. There is no such thing. These are gifts, not offices. Put the verse up. These are gifts, not offices, right? Which, which you can be ordained to an office. You, you cannot be ordained to a gift. Okay, so there's no such thing as an ordained prophet. There's no such thing as an ordained evangelist. Okay, why do we say that for pastors? I'll tell you in just a moment. But while I'm on the subject, let me just get you some understanding. All right, now say evangelist. Okay, now the gift of the evangelist actually specifically means it deals with the gift of preaching. Got it? This gift is passionate about preaching. More specifically with this gift, it deals with reaching those that have not been reached. Okay, which, which is why a lot of stuff that happens in church today, you know, we thank God for folk. But the reality is people say, I'm evangelist, I'm evangelist. You ain't want nobody to God. You bit more an evangelist than I am a Big Mac because I drove by Burger King. 
Put out your ring finger. Keep your hand up. Put out your ring finger. Say pastors. Okay? Now you'll notice that's your ring finger because a pastor deals specifically with leadership of a flock. Which means you can be a good pastor, but watch this, be a bad preacher. You can be a good preacher, but be a bad pastor because you don't like people. The gift of the pastor deals with the leadership and shepherding of people. Say for people. Final gift, go ahead and put up your whole hand. So here's fivefold. Say teachers. teachers. Now watch this. Notice pastors and teachers are uh, differentiated here because you can be one who cares for people, but that doesn't mean you have anything substantive to say to people. Okay, you might just be, the, are you doing okay, baby? Okay, good. Here, go to CD. Because you don't have anything substantive to say. You see what you have right here? A hand. Okay, now this hand has five, this is called five-fold ministry. Say five-fold ministry. Now this is also, the scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So this represents the hand of God. So the gifting of God represents the hand of God, which is why the scripture says, humble yourself under the hand of God. Because really what he's saying is, I give you a man of God so you can humble yourself under the man of God I've given you and you will be exalted in due time. Give me that verse, please. Are you still here, church? Now, 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 now. Ephesians 4.11, and I gave some to be? Sweet baby Jesus. Okay. All right, come on. Let's do it together. Come on. And he saved some to be? Apostles. This is why I had you do the hand so you remember. Some? 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 What is that? The hand of God. What does that also refer to? Fivefold ministry gifts. What's the number five? Grace. You still with me, church? All right, now, watch this. Jeremiah 23, 4. You got to go with me. Jeremiah 23, 4. He says, and I will set up shepherds or pastors over them who will feed them, teach them, lead them, coach them, instruct them, and they shall do what? You know this verse. Fear no more, more, nor shall they be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says who? The Lord. Now, as your pastor, I am gifted as an apostle, which means I flow in all five of them gifts. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Which is why we could take nothing and turn it into something in a place they say it shouldn't be done. Not pretentious, just got to teach you. Okay, touch your neighbor and say, wipe that smirk off your face. They'd be like, I didn't have no smirk. I know, I'm just playing with you. Have fun in church. Touch your neighbor and say, have fun, have fun, have fun. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. That means to teach them, lead them, coach them, instruct them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, which means stress, discouraged, beaten down, or break down, nor shall they be lacking. Say lack is whack, says the Lord. Now, a man didn't say this, God did. Now, when we deal with the concept of prophecy, that means every time I am preaching to you, I am not just preaching good information. What I am doing is prophesying. I am foretelling and foretelling the mind of God concerning your particular situation. Which is why you can come in here with a list full of questions and walk out of here and get every question answered and be like, how in the world did that happen? Because you're not just dealing with a pastor. Okay, you're not saying nothing. You're not just dealing with a teacher. But what God has given you is the gift of the apostle who can flow in all of them. So when I preach, I'm really prophesying. Now, Uh, Which means if you experience fear, dismay, or lack, it can be traced to an ignored instruction from a life-giving message. Because when I preach, what am I doing? 
prophesied. Say, I'm receiving prophecy. So watch this. You have to see the life-giving message as not as suggestions, but as solutions. And when you follow the instructions, you can stand on the promise that God obligated himself to in Jeremiah 23, 4. Verse again. Now, I will set up shepherds or pastors over them who will do what? Feed them. And what three things are you promised when you receive what you're fed? See, watch this. Here's the issue with some folk. With some folk is, is that you're so used to eating bad food. When you get used to fast food, it can be difficult to switch your food to substantive food. When you're used to Fruit Loops, it, okay, yeah, yeah, nothing against Fruit Loops, by the way. Love them, just to be frank with you, okay? All right, now, I will set up shepherds over them who will do what? Feed them. Doesn't anybody say eat? See, watch this. When you miss church, you're missing meals. And that's why you go through the week and you're stressed and you're discouraged and you're sad and you're depressed and you're doing all this kind of stuff because you missed a meal. Watch this. If you don't eat the whole day, you're going to be irritable. In fact, they have a word for it. They call it hangry, which means you're hungry and you're angry. See, when you miss church, you're missing meals, which explains why you're up and down emotionally because you missed a meal. Touch your neighbor and say, stop missing meals. Now, I will set up pastors over them. Okay. Who will, which watch this means this, which means you got to get under so you can go over. Say, I got to get under so I can go over. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and watch what God promises you when you receive what's ministered to you. They shall do what no more? Fear no more, nor shall they be what? Dismay. Well, that word dismay means stressed out. Say, I don't want stress. Say it like you really don't want it no more. Say, I don't want stress. Your neck hurting because you stress. You're, you popping your neck because you stress. You're doing all this to your shoulders because you stress. You going to the furniture store, not to buy furniture, but to, uh, to use the uh, massage chair. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. It means to be, watch this, to, uh, uh, stress, discouraged, beaten down, and break, break, breaking down. Now, God says, if you receive what you're being fed, what are you not going to do? Fear no more. If you have fear, what does that tell you you did? You stopped eating. If you wake up scared what's going to happen in the day, that means you need to feed. Because what's being ministered isn't just good information because you gifted, you've got the gift of an apostle that feeds you every week. What are you getting? You're getting prophecy. Come on, church. I will set up shepherds over them who will what? Feed them, and they shall what? Fear no more, nor shall they be dismayed. Watch this last part. Nor shall they be lacking, says who? The Lord. Lord here is capitalized, which is Y-H-W-H, which in Scripture it is Yub-Hey-Wafe. That's God's actual name. See, God isn't God's name. Some of you have been uh, illegally telling people that they've been cussing because they said a certain word, but that's not actually his name. God is a term from the 6th century Germanic word gudon, which means source or deity. Watch this. He says now, they shall not fear nor dismay, nor say they lack, says who? God himself. Which means God says, my way is I give you a man of God that will feed you. And when you feed, you good. When you don't feed, you're going to lack you're going to be stressed and you're going to walk in fear. But touch your neighbor say, those days are over in your life. Because the power of prophecy is being unlocked in your life. 
now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, uh, which means this, this is so important. When you come to church, Harvest, hear me, you got to listen to the messages for directives, not just for confirmation. Now, it's nice to get confirmation, but really confirmation is just a sign that you're disobedient. Now, Bishop, what, what do you mean by that? Now, I don't mean, I, again, I told you there's no filter because we're dealing with prophetic stuff tonight. So just touch your neighbor and say, it's good for us. How many confirmations you need? Okay, stand up and turn around. No, not literally, I'm just making a point. Okay, stand up and turn around. Okay, okay, okay. Then you come to church and I say it again. Stand up and turn around. My God, that's the second time he didn't say that. You know why I had to say it twice? You didn't listen the first time. What did you delay? Your own breakthrough. Because your delay created your own dismay. Y'all not saying nothing to me. But in 2017, I prophesy to you, your obedience will be quick, fast, and in a hurry. There'll be no delay in you because when God releases a word to you through the message, you're going to say, I'm going to move just like that. Watch. Now, but listen to the message, listen for directives, not just for confirmation, because you, you'll hear what wasn't said and you'll miss what was said i can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and said bishop just like you always say and i look at them and say i've never said that okay now now why, why is that important to understand because don't say i said something i didn't say because then you're expecting an expectation that is an illegal expectation because i didn't say that that's what you heard me say and you heard what you wanted to hear because people always hear what they want to hear unless you train yourself to listen differently when I listen to my man of God, I don't listen for confirmation. I listen for correction. Sir, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Are you here, church? Now, watch this. Luke 8, 18. Therefore, take heed. This is Jesus talking. He says, take heed to how you hear. In other words, he says, be careful how you listen. Say, check your listening. He says, take heed to how you hear. In other words, when you receive a message in church, say, okay, got it. I need to do this. In other words, listen for actions, not just information to know. Say, I'm listening for actions to take, not just information to know. All right, watch this, watch this, watch this. Especially if you, if you kind of grew up in church, you just, you know, you, you, get, you, you sort of know the routine, right? You sort of know, okay, this time to stand, this time to sit, this time to this, this time to this, this time to shout now, okay, this time to move, this time to jump, this time to jive. Okay, this is when you throw your head back, this is, okay, what? And so what happens is, is that you can become desensitized. Quiet here. Because you're just listening for information opposed to for listening for actions to take. It's quiet here. See, when you get used to eating good food, you just always expect good food. Problem is, is you miss the magnitude that it's good. You miss it. You miss that it's good because you get used to eating it. So then you'll sit up and be going through something and everything you're going through, prophecy will come forth from the pulpit to get you out of. But instead of getting out of it, you'll stay stuck in it because you're listening for information. Mm, that's good. Mm, that's good. Bishop, will you pray for me about this? What were you doing for the last 45 minutes? I answered your prayer. Now, now, now don't misinterpret what I said there. I have to clarify this for Denver. I'm not saying I answered your prayer. I'm saying God answered your prayer through the word. Are you here? Yes, now, second, in practicality, in a moment when you need to make a decision, you're frustrated, you're flustered, or you're discouraged, God then gives you what's called rhema. Now, I've taught you this before. We're going to move in this in this moment. Say rhema. rhema. Okay? Now, remember, 
We're talking about the power of prophecy. Prophecy comes from someone gifted prophetically. I'm gifted apostolically, which means I flew in all of the five. You remember those five? The thumb was apostle, then prophet, then analyst, then, then, boom, you got it. And if you didn't get it, your neighbor helped you get through it. Because they were they was saying it loud enough to where... You, you, remember, you remember playing the game in church? I did it, so it's okay. You can admit it. Remember playing the game in church when preacher would call for a verse in scripture and you like had no clue? And this before you phones had Bibles. So you had to open it up and, you know, and you'd be like, he'd be like, a turn to Obadiah chapter one. Amen. And then he moved real fast. Amen. The, the word of God reads as thus. Amen. You in 2 Kings chapter 3 like. And you look down like what you look. Don't do me like that. I did it. And you look down like what you're looking at is what Rev is preaching. And then it'd be that one Sunday somebody ain't got their Bible said I'm just going to look on with you. Oh God dog it. You just dropped the Bible on the floor. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> I know I am. I did that. Sure did. I'd be like, I don't know where that's at. I just. Amen. Praise him. Now, I says 1 Samuel 3 and 4. Now, uh, when you need, when you're going through something. Now, say, say messages. So every time you hear a message, what is it really? Prophecy which is foretelling and foretelling whose mind? God's mind concerning what? Your particular situation. Okay? So never come here and say, well, I, you know, I, I didn't hear nothing that, you know, that, that I'm not going through that. You're about to. Foretelling, foretelling. How many times you can sat up and be like, I'm going to get this CD for my cousin. Two weeks later, I need this CD for myself. All right, now, watch this. When you're frustrated, flustered, you got to make decisions. I want to give you one more piece of this because we're dealing, we're dealing with this. 1 Samuel 3, 4. And the Lord called, I've showed you this before, but I need you to see this. And the Lord called Samuel, and he answered and said, here am I. Who called Samuel? Now, let's go back up to 1 Samuel 3 and 1 so that we can walk out the traction and then we can get to where we're going. 1 Samuel 3 and 1, move quickly, please. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Eli was the prophet. He was the man of God. Say, so he was the prophet. The man of God. Okay, now we understand what the prophet is, correct? Okay, we understand that's a gift, correct? All right, good. That's just, we're going to keep it right there. We're not going to dive any deeper uh, tonight. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Notice how Eli, who Eli is getting ready, or Eli is the man of God, Samuel will uh, succeed the man of God, but notice how God always kept the triad, if you will. He always kept the trio. Bishop, what do you mean? He, Eli or Samuel couldn't get to the Lord apart from Eli. Amen. Now, don't misinterpret that. Of course, you can pray and you pray directly to God. There is no mediator between man and God. But you need to understand the importance of this because many people do not, which is why they make very poor choices in life because they think they can sidestep and shortcut God's system. I can go to God by my own. I don't need to talk to nobody. Yeah, you should read the book. Okay, put the verse up. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. 
You see that? He ministered to who? The Lord. Minister there means serve. He served the Lord, but he did it before who? Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no what? Widespread revelation. Now, remember from Ephesians, what two gifts are responsible for revelation? Apostles and the prophets. Okay? Still here. So what was there an absence of in those days? Got it? We could water that down and say men of God. Okay, next verse. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called who? Samuel. And he answered, here I am. Leave the verse up. Up to this point, watch this. Samuel's been serving the Lord in front of Eli, but he never dealt with the Lord apart from Eli. Still with me, church. Now, the Lord then says, I'm getting ready to replace Eli, and I'm going to use Samuel because Eli's sons were very corrupt. The scripture tells us they were out of order. They were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And God said, I'm not going to deal with them. I'm going to deal with somebody else. All right. Now, next verse. So he ran to Eli. Wait a minute. Go back to the previous verse. Who called Samuel? The Lord. Verse five. So he ran to Eli. who's Eli, the man. the man of God, and said, here I am. Here I am. What did he say? You called me. And Eli said, I ain't said nothing to you, boy. Lay down and take a nap. You're doing the most. You're doing too much. And he went and did what? Lay down. Next verse. Then the Lord called yet what? Again. What did, he, what did God say? Samuel. Now, doesn't Samuel know his name? Yes. But evidently, Samuel is hearing a voice. And that voice is the voice of his man of God. See, some people say, like, God, is that you? God, is that you? If it sounds like you, no. If it sounds like your cousin, no. If it sounds like your mama, no. Then the Lord called yet again and said, what? Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, here I am. Watch what he says. You call me. What was he saying? I heard your voice. But who was talking? The Lord himself. Be a good church. So when the Lord himself was calling to Samuel, the voice he heard was the voice of the man he was assigned to. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? Which is why you can't hop and pop and do all of this kind of stuff because God has assigned you to somebody and you won't be able to hear God clearly unless you sit where you've been assigned. And I don't care if you... Ah. Test your neighbor say, I've been assigned to this man. Yeah, you've been assigned to me and I've been assigned to you first. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Watch the relationship, my son. Which means Samuel had begun to mature. Four kind of people that come to church. Can I give it to you real quick? Multitude come for what they can get. Sheep. They go through the process of having their will broken servants. They come to church for what they can give, not for what they can get sons. This is what the earth is groaning for. This is the highest level of spiritual maturity. And, and, and I don't have time to jump into that, but notice the relationship. Say, say he wasn't just a servant. He was a son. 
Now, this also then implies daughter. Check it out. Now, was he, was Eli Samuel's natural father? No. He was the spiritual. The word father means life giver, which means his man of God wasn't just a man of God. It was the man that gave him life. Here I am for you called me. He answered and said, I didn't call you, my son. Lay down and take a nap. You're doing too much. It ain't lunchtime yet. No, you can't have no snack either. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Now there's two things going on. So Samuel had no direct interaction with the Lord, but God was getting ready to change it in Samuel's particular case because Samuel was going to become the man of God that succeeded Eli. In fact, Samuel was the man of God that anointed Saul to become king. See, the man of God doesn't need to be the king. He's the king maker. That's why if you ever look at pictures from, uh, from uh, Middle Ages and things like that, and you ever see a king seated, you'll see that there's a man uh, that, that stands uh, to the, uh, depending on the particular uh, monarchical style, uh, either to the left or to the right, should be to the right in most instances of the king. That's actually the bishop. The bishop is standing there because the bishop had to bless him to be the king. Because, watch this, they understood that in order for their reign to be blessed, they needed to have the man of God bless it. Okay, right, side note, verse. And, he's, uh, and the Lord called Samuel again, what time? Third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. In essence, he gets a little attitude. He said, you did call me. I ain't crazy. I know what I heard. You missed it. I know what I heard. I know what I heard. Touch your neighbor and say, I know what I heard. Watch this. Then the man of God perceived that the Lord had called the boy, which means when the Lord was speaking directly to him, he sounded like the man of God he was assigned to. Which means when you're navigating through life, check it out. If you want to check the voice you're hearing, just check who it sounds like. Some of y'all sitting up, Lord, is this you? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do that? Well, what did it sound like? Because the book says that it should have a sound, and the sound should be the same sound you hear every Sunday, the same sound you hear every Wednesday. Touch the name and say, read the book. Verse 9. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lay down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say these words. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. He couldn't even properly interpret what was being said. Except Eli told him what to say back. He said, you don't even know how to talk to him unless I tell you what to say back. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now, now, touch your neighbor and say, I need to know that. Watch this, because in 2017, because things are going to be moving so quickly for you, you're not going to have time, watch this, to be indecisive. All right. Say, it's going to be happening quickly for me. I have no time to be indecisive. Which means in the moment you need to make a decision, God says, I'm going to pop up and I'm going to pop up with a prophetic word and I need you to know what it's going to sound like so you know what to say back. There's some deals you're going to need to say no to in 2017 because they're nothing but traps. There's some deals you're going to need to say yes to in 2017 because they're the open door. There's some people that you're going to look at them and be able to say, wait a minute, I just hurt. You are Judas, which means before I even let you in my space, before I even let you in my life, I just got the word. And 
Now, watch this. This brings you to my third point. Say foundation. Now watch this. Your, your, your man of God is your key to a banner year. Now, I need, I need you to hear me, especially if this is your first time. I need you to hear me or you're new. I need you to hear me. I, I know it may sound a bit pretentious, but I just have to teach you. And I don't need to bring somebody else to teach you how to, how to work this thing. I need to teach you myself. Okay, because it would be easy if somebody else came and taught you this and this and this and this. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to teach you myself. Because I, I realize how it may sound, but I just need to teach you the book. Say it's in the book. Okay. Now, you can sit up there and you can sit there and just look at me with, you know, pickle juice face if you want to. But for those that are receiving it with joy and those who are receiving it saying, okay, got it. <laughs> Touching them, say it's in the book. All right, now, I say, now, say I have a key. Now, I need you to go with me uh, to Luke 11. Luke 11, chapter 2. Uh, Luke 11, chapter 2. Luke 11, verse 2. Luke 11, verse 2. Luke 11, verse 2. I need you to understand this about the key. Okay. So we lay a foundation. We'll do a little manifestation as much as we can. I don't know how much we'll be able to get to. I got 10 minutes. Well, normally I'll say, take your time, Bishop. I guess you're only going to find me. We'll find me. No, I don't want to hear it now. It's too late. That's, no, that's like somebody getting you a birthday gift after you walk up and say, you know today is my birthday, right? It is? I don't want it now. Actually, I would. I'd be like, no, I'll, I'll. sure will. Watch this. This is Jesus, God. Got it? Emmanuel. So he said to them, when you pray, he's teaching them how to pray. Say, so he's teaching them how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Reverence to honored be your name. What does he say? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is God teaching us how to pray, but he's praying to himself because he is himself because the Father is the Son and the Son is the Father and the Holy Ghost is the Father and the Holy Ghost is the Son and the Father is the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is the Son and the Son is the Father too. Deuteronomy 6.4 He always will the Lord our God the Lord is one. The whole reason God came, can I just give you a little knowledge? Malachi teaches us do not go there uh, video room, don't do it because you'll open up a whole new thing. Malachi teaches us that the whole reason God came in flesh was to show what the relationship between a man of God and the people he leads is supposed to be like. Specifically, if this was an advanced level teaching class, what the, level, what the relationship between a spiritual father and a spiritual son of Don is supposed to look like. He came to demonstrate it, so says Malachi, because he said, if y'all don't get it, Malachi says, I'll curse the entirety of the earth. Got it? So why did he come and why is he having all these conversations if it's really him and there's not three things going on? Because he's demonstrating what it's like because the scripture says, can I teach you like your Bible calls? The scripture says he teaches with parables. Watch this. Everything he did then was a parable, not just the ones that he called parables. What's a parable? It's a story to illustrate a principle. So everything he's doing is a story to illustrate a principle so that the principle shows forth in the story. Okay, I can see I lost you. Come on back up. Let's get back over here in the kiddie pool. Come on. All right, verse. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's why, let me just throw this out here. When you pray, you just pray like this, Father in the name of Jesus. Okay, you just pray, sweet Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, which Lord? Which Lord? Because Lord means ruler. So watch this. For some folk, your money's your ruler. 
So you wonder why heaven didn't move because heaven thought you were talking to your money. Okay. That's why he says you need to be specific about who you're talking to. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next verse. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, now uh, several things here, but I just want to deal with this part about the kingdom. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, say kingdom. Now, I've given you several generic definitions of kingdom. It's heaven's attributes on earth. It's God's MO, his modus operandi, how God does things. It is now the manifestation of heaven and the earth. But I'm going to give you the technical term tonight. Say it's a key. Say I'm sitting in the room with my key. All right, now watch this. Watch this. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Kingdom is the Greek word, the language of our New Testament, basilia. For my note takers, it's nothing but basil with an E-A on the end. Okay, now watch this. That means your realm, your royalty, your rule, and your reign. Technical definition. So really, Jesus is saying your realm, which means your space. God, the space you occupy, let that come to earth. Which means stop trying to die to get to heaven. You're supposed to live well to bring heaven to earth. And God says, I'm waiting to see if there's a church that would be bold enough to just believe what I said. I'm waiting to see if there's some people that would be bold enough to believe what I said. That not trying to die to get over there, but that are living to bring over there down here. Watch this. Your realm, your royalty. Okay, this is where we get this whole concept of kings and priests. Your reign and your rule be on earth. Earth, for my note takers, is the Greek word G. Nothing but General Electric, G-E. Which means soil, land, country, world, life. Got it? So here's what Jesus says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your realm, royalty, rule, reign, come. Got it? Your will be done in my soil, my land, my country, my world, my life. As it is in heaven. Why does he say soil? Because that's where seed goes. What are you, a seed? That's why when they throw dirt on you, you don't do nothing but... Y'all not saying nothing. Why? Why? Because that's where I thrive. I thrive in dark places. Y'all not saying nothing. I thrive when it doesn't look good. I thrive when they touch your neighbor and say, I'm glad they threw dirt at me. That's where I thrive. All right. All right. Almost done. What's this? He he, he said, what's this? Uh, On earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, Greek language of our New Testament, is the word oranos. That's nothing but our, for my note takers, and años in Spanish. A-N-O-S. Hope I got it right. If not, it's Southern Spanish. All right. Here's what that word means. You ready? Technical definition. Elevation, which specifically means perspective. See, when you're standing up higher, things below you look smaller. 
That's why he tells us our elevation. He says, I've seated you in heavenly places, which means, watch this, the problem your neighbor sometimes has is they're fighting with stuff that's too small for them to even care about. You say, so-and-so said this and that. I'm going to call so-and-so. Baby, that's not an enemy because an enemy is an equal. You've been upgrading some folk. They weren't even that high. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm seated in heavenly places. Uh-huh. Watch this. Here's what's interesting. You ever notice? Uh, anybody been on a plane? Okay, anybody been on a plane? All right. You ever notice when you're on the ground, everything looks big, everything looks big. As you start getting up, you ever notice? You ever look out the window and be like, man, God, that looked so big when I was down there. It seemed so overwhelming when I was down there. But when I switched my elevation, when I switched my perspective, what was big down here, touch your neighbor and say, it ain't nothing now. I prophesy, here it is, I prophesy the word of the Lord to you concerning 2017 that what looked big to you in 16 ain't going to look like nothing in 2017. It's going to look like small potatoes. Why? Shout, my elevation is changing. Why this? It means elevation or perspective. Then it means be seated. I'm almost done. It means happiness. Okay? Okay? That word heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Whose happiness? God's happiness. Say, God is happy. Say, I know he's happy. All right, watch this. Then it means power. But then here are the two last meanings I want you to get. The abode of God. What does abode mean? Where he stays. Where he lives. Where he dwells. Can I teach you real deep for just a moment? Yes, sir. There are now three realms of heaven. God deals and dwells in the third realm of heaven. The apostle Paul went to that realm of heaven where the throne of God Almighty is. And when he's telling the story, he says, he's telling it like the third person. He says, there was a man I knew one day. You ever told somebody a story you were really telling your business, but you told it like it was somebody else's business? So you, because you didn't want them to know the business. So you were like, I got this friend, but you were the friend that you got. Okay. That's how Paul tells the story. So Paul says, I knew this man, whether or not in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He says, but he says, I was caught up into the third heaven. Uh, Can I just teach you real deep for a moment? You remember, you remember the apostle Paul. So who's in the third heaven? God's throne is. In Job chapter one, do you remember the Bible says that there was a meeting of the sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom for the ranking archangels. They had come for a meeting and Satan was amongst them also. Now, you still with me? Do you remember in the Bible in Acts where there was these sons, they were called the sons of Sceva. And they found this demon possessed man and they said to him, we exercise you or cast you out in the name of Paul, Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Got it? And what did they say? Jesus we know. Paul we know. Question, how'd they know Paul? Because when Paul had taken his journey into the third heaven, they were exposed to the level of authority that Paul would walk in in the earth. See, some of the hell you've been dealing with since you were a child is because they knew something about you you didn't know about yourself. It ain't that you so bad. It ain't that you so messed up. It ain't that you so jacked up. There's a level of authority on you that even the demons can see. What is it that Satan knows about you? You ain't yet figured out about yourself. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm kind of a big deal. All right, that's too deep for you. Come on back. That's too deep. That's too deep. That's too deep. That's too deep. See, that's what I want to do, but that's too deep. Acts 19, 15, put it up. He says this, and the evil spirit answered. 
which means they talk. <laughs> and said, Jesus, I know. Go to the previous verse. Come on, previous verse. Verse before that. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves. See, this is why you need to understand why I'm teaching you this, so that you don't, you don't start bringing stuff on yourself. Because you're trying to operate with a level of authority that you haven't paid a price for. There's some of the itinerant, that means the traveling, Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call in the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Said, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Next verse. And also there were some in sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So he thought, well, I'm a chief priest. You know, this is pretty easy. I can just do it. Watch this. And the evil spirit said, we know Jesus. We even know Paul. Notice what he says. We know King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And we know one of his men of God. But are you? Okay. Who the heck are you? Now, watch this. Say the abode of God. So Paul took a trip to the abode of God so that they recognized him. So when they saw him, they feared him because they knew he had the power to stand in the presence of him. Some of the stuff that's been coming against you is because you didn't been places in the spirit you never knew you ever went. That's too deep. All right. All right. All right. Watch this. Say the abode of God. Eternity. So that word heaven, heaven, it means elevation, happiness, power, eternity, the abode of God. Say eternity. So heaven then, that word in Greek means what? Eternity. Now stick with me, church. Jesus prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your realm, royalty, rule, reign. Your will be done on earth, my soil, my land, my country, my world, my life. As it is in heaven, my, your elevation, your happiness, your power, your abode, and eternity. Stick with me. Ecclesiastes 3.11. Touch your neighbor and say, we're good in there. Y'all still with me, church? All right, all right. Ecclesiastes 3.11. 3.11. Ecclesiastes 3.11. Ecclesia. It means it's written to church folk. Say it's to me. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put what? Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, You missed it. You missed it. You missed your shout. You missed your shout. Go back to Luke 11 and verse number two. And I want you to read it. Once you're ready, read. What were the last two definitions I gave you of heaven? The abode of God and eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Read. Stop. Heart means mind. Specifically here, it deals with your spirit. See, your spirit is your subconscious mind. You are a spirit that is a subconscious mind. You possess a soul, which is your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. You live in a physical body. What does Ecclesiastes say he put in you? Eternity. What is eternity? Heaven. No, 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 no. We're going to do this one more time. Okay? Because you've been shortchanging yourself your whole life. You've been stuck in low self-esteem too long. You've been stuck in discouragement too long. You've been stuck in depression too long. You've been stuck saying, what's wrong with me? Ain't nothing wrong with you, baby. Heaven is on the... In Luke 11 and 2, you just don't know what you are because you haven't been unlocked. 
Luke 11, 2. One, two, ready, read. Okay, heaven, the last two definitions, the abode of God and what? Eternity. Go to Ecclesiastes 3.11. One, come on, Ecclesiastes 3.11. One, two, ready, read. What? What's that? Heaven. Where is it at? In you. Shut your neighbor say, I'm heaven on earth. All right, here it is. This is where we're supposed to. Your whole life you thought you were down here. No, God says you don't recognize and realize who you are. You are heaven in the earth. The reason I put you in dirt is because you're there to clean that up. The reason I put you in darkness is because you're there to be the light. Uh -huh. Say, I'm heaven on earth. Which means change around you is starting inside you. Here's a question though, but is it that simple? Touch your neighbor and say, it's not that simple. Okay, watch this, because then, then you think, okay, if I'm heaven on earth, heaven's in me, then I just got to manifest it around me. Okay, cool, how do I do that? Uh, well, can, I, can I teach you? Yeah, Almost done. Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18. You still here, church? Yes, Matthew 16, 18. Matthew was a tax collector doing his family business, and Jesus came and interrupted his plan because Matthew thought he was always going to collect taxes because that's all he knew. Then Jesus finds him and unlocks him. Got it? There's things in life you always thought you were going to be, you always thought you were going to do, and then you get unlocked. Let me show it to you. Matthew 16, 18. And also I say that you are Peter. So who is he talking to specifically? Peter. Okay? Now, Peter was one of the 12 apostles. The apostles, we learn from Acts chapter 1, the 12, there were more than 12 apostles. There were 12 ruling apostles, and Acts chapter 1 tells us that they were referred to as bishops. That's why when Judas died, well, committed suicide, the scripture says, Judas is always self-destruct, by the way. You just take your hands off and just watch. Never interfere with an enemy when they're in the process of destroying themselves. Now, watch this. In Acts chapter 1, it says, and let another man take his office or his bishopric. So they were the 12 ruling apostles. You still here? Yes, I'm just giving you background, giving you teaching. I told you I'm laying foundation tonight so that we can have manifestation. And also I said that you are Peter. So he's one of the what? Apostles. Which means he, he could flow in how many of the gifts? Which means then when he spoke, he was really. So I say to you, you are what? Peter. And on this rock. I will build my church. I've taught you before that the rock there was the mountain that they were standing on. It was the same mountain from Psalm 133, which was the place of unity. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Literally, can I teach you? Literally, there was a gate that there was this place that was referred to the people in the re region. They referred to it as the gate of Hades. They, they called it the gate of Hades. It was an actual physical spot there. And so Jesus says, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. The rock was unity. He says, on this unity... I'm going to build my church. I've taught you that before. And he says, then he points over there and he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, just thought you'd like to know that, okay? So he was literally pointing at something when he said it. Verse, verse, Shimon verse, verse number 19, says this, and I will give who? You. S stay right there. I will give what? You. Now, who is he talking to? Peter. 
What's Peter? An apostle. So he's the man of God. What is he telling him? He's giving him keys to the kingdom of what? Heaven. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. And he tells Peter, Petey, whatever y'all 12, which that power was then, as a bishop, I have what's called apostolic succession, which means you can trace it all the way back. Somebody laid hands on, somebody laid hands on, somebody laid hands on, somebody laid hands on, somebody, all the way back to me. It's called apostolic succession. That's important because other than that, you're nothing more than a phony. The Lord made me one. It doesn't work that way. Verse. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Some of y'all already there. And whatever, watch this, whatever you bind on earth. Who's he talking to? Petey. What's Peter? The apostle. What is he? The man of God. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed where? In heaven. Say, 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 say with me. Say with me. Verse 20. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Previous verse. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Luke 17, 20. Luke 17, 20. Luke 17, 20. I need you to get this prophecy thing. Luke 17, 20. See, when you come in church on Sunday, you ain't going to come like you used to come. Just talk about, I'm just going to, no, you're going to come like, I'm going to get my word today. I'm coming, whatever, I'm about to be shifted out of my stuff. And sh- what? I said, Luke 17, 20. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they see, say, see here, or see there. You read the next part. You don't come to church just to come to church. When you step up in here, there's a key that's unlocking you. You missed it. You missed it. Go back to Matthew 18. Go, or where I was. Go, go back. Come on, come on, come on. Go back, go back. Oh, Matthew 16, thank you. And I say to you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church and get to Hades, send out prevail against the next verse. Next verse. And I will give you the keys. What do you need keys for? To unlock something. To who? The kingdom of heaven. Ecclesiastes says heaven is where? In you. Which means there's a you you ain't met yet. You come to church so that you can get the key. Shut your neighbor say the key is in the house. <laughs> you come here so you can get unlocked because there's a whole level of you you ain't met yet. Shut your neighbor say I'm getting unlocked. I'm getting unlocked. Watch. Watch. Luke 17 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come they're like, when is it going to come? When is it going to happen? Like, is it going to be boom? Here it is. He said, no. He says, it's not happening like that. Verse 21. He says, the way it's going to happen in verse 21 is he says it, it's coming. Nor will they say, see here, see there, see. For indeed, where is it at? In you. Watch this. Watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, church. You've been saying, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? God says, when will you sit down and submit long enough to let him unlock you? 
If you're mad about where your life is, God says it's because you won't submit long enough to be unlocked. But I declare and prophesy the word of the Lord to you that there's an unlocking of you that is manifesting. There's a you you ain't met yet, but touch your neighbor and say, I am evolving. Say, I'm being unlocked. So here it is. Let me just make it simple. Your man of God is the key to you. Watch this. Now, 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 point to me. And again, please hear me. This ain't about worshiping no man. Is that don't? So if you're thinking that, you just, I don't know where you've been the last 45 minutes. I'm just trying to get you to understand prophecy. Because here's what the world does. Put your finger down for a minute. Here's what the world does. The world likes to turn the pastor against the people. Likes to turn the, the, the sheep against the shepherd. So then they can create confusion so that people never get unlocked. Have you noticed folk in your life didn't have a problem when you was clubbing? Why they got a problem with you coming to church? Y'all not going to say nothing. They didn't have a problem when you was dropping it like it's hot and twerking. But now they got a problem with you coming to church. Because Satan knows you about to get unlocked. Oh, oh. Just your neighbor say, I'm getting unlocked. They didn't have a problem when you was smoking with them. Why they got a problem with you coming to church? Let me tell you what that is. That's a demon that's trying to keep you from getting unlocked. But you better do like Jesus and said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Somebody holler, I'm being unlocked. They didn't have a problem when you were struggling and stressed out and always depressed and mad and angry. Now they got a problem. You're just always at the church. You come two days. You're just always reading that Bible. You just always, you just be doing too much. Because Satan knows they're in the place of their key. Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Where is it at? In you. Which means next time somebody try to mess with your key. <laughs> All right. Watch this. You ever lost your keys? And when you lose your keys, you'll notice how all mad and angry you get. You be calling on Jesus. And then you be, watch this, watch this. Can we be real? And sometimes you saved and you love God, but sometimes you lose your keys and you're in a rush. You call on Jesus and say some other stuff. And then you feel so convicted later on for the, the words you mixed. And if you've never done that, you got a lying spirit. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. Watch this. So now, here it is. Here's our closing text. So do you get the principle? The reason that prophecy is there, and so God gives you the man of God, the man of God then is the key to unlock you because where's the kingdom in you and what needs to happen you have to be unlocked and check it out here's what happens here's what happens as you start the process you ever open your door unlock a door as you unlock a door you creak it a little bit you can see a little bit but you can't see everything so it takes consistency i gotta continue watch this i gotta complete the motion to open the door so that everything that's in the room can be revealed. 
This is why, this is why you got to stop that inconsistent stuff in 2017. Here it is. I prophesy the word of the Lord to you now. You will be more consistent in 2017 to the things of God than you have ever been. You will have a fire. Shatabasha. You will have a fire and a passion for God like you've never had before. You're going to be waking up in the middle of the night walking your floors, praying for your family. Watch this. Your whole family getting saved in 17. Yep, 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 yep. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. We release the Holy Spirit to draw them unto himself. Here it is. Here it is. So now we understand Hosea 12, 13. I'm done. Now we understand Hosea 12, 13. I apologize. I went a little over. You okay? Hosea 12, 13. Come on, Hosea 12, 13. Buy a key. The Lord brought, say your name out of limitations and by a key he was preserved one more scripture Amos 3 7 famous Amos 3 7 I found out famous Amos don't own his cookies no more I said how famous Amos don't own famous Amos <laughs> I, I was I was I, I, I was so I was so so hurt when I found out famous Amos didn't own his own cookies. Surely the Lord God does what? Nothing. How many things? Nothing unless he reveals his secrets to your key. This was in here before you got in here. Now, hear me. This isn't self-serving. I don't have any agenda other than I want to see you have the best 2017 you've ever had. So please don't hear anything I preach in any other way, any other fashion, any other thing. That I just want you to walk into a banner year in 2017. Put the verse up. Famous three. Surely the Lord God does what? Nothing. Unless he reveals his secret, his hidden thing. What's hidden? What's behind the door? That's why it has to be unlocked. See, that's why this whole thing, this whole church thing exists. Because you have to be unlocked. This doesn't exist. People oh, just so the Lord can get glory. Yes. Just so the Lord can get praise. Yes, but he can get that without a building. He can get that without, what, what, what is it? This is so that you can be unlocked. Sam being unlocked. Sure, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. The key. The man of God. Watch this. Lift your hands. Everything in you, every gift, every talent, every ability, every secret thing that can be used that is in you for God's glory. If I'm your key, I call it forth now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that no weapon that is formed against you would prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment we thank you that it is condemned your worst days are behind you your worst year is three days from being over it was used by God to get you to be the best he got to the end of you so that it would be the beginning of him seven shalom nothing missing Nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. 
Say all is well. I'm out of time. I got to quit. I got to stop right here. I stop right here. Listen. L- listen. Lay your hands on your back. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.